0: Welcome back to Grid. I'm Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. After a 3-1-1 one, one finish in week four of the Las Vegas Super Contest, we are currently 11-7-2. I did not check again. I believe we were 440th the last time I checked in the Las Vegas Super Contest. We are creeping up. 537. Damn it. 537. Broncos. That
1: Broncos game, man. It Broncos. moved everyone up.
0: So we are creeping up to that top 10 percentile. Slowly but surely. Uh, don't call me surely. Felt good last week. We uh, were really close to 4-1. and one. We'll get to that in a bit. That Cardinals game was... A massive moose. Uh, really frustrating to watch and not get the cover, but we'll take the half points. But I want to start. DP, the Dynasty's back, officially. They The Patriots did exactly what everybody thought they were going to do. You've been wrong about this team literally at every turn. Do you have any clue what the New England Patriots are doing, Don? You were 0-4 in New England Patriots games this year.
1: I am 0-4, but... I'm I'm still going to maintain the fact that the dynasty is not back, and that was more on the Dolphins not showing up at all than it was on the Patriots.
0: But isn't that something we've said over and over again, that over these last couple of years, New England's success has been just about as much about the other team pooping themselves than New England being dominant. The Super Bowl against the Falcons, probably the most appropriate. Falcons should have won that game by three touchdowns. But Dan Quinn just peed down his own leg. (laughs) Tuck his Oh no,
1: totally. And it's also, you know, it's not not only about about these other teams just, you know Totally throwing up all over their shoes, but it's also about um, the AFC just being not that good in general, and the Patriots just kind of get this cakewalk every single year. Um, you know, not only do they they generally miss that first playoff game, they never have to play, so they get that bye week, and then they get a cakewalk to the Super Bowl. This year could be a little bit different with the way that the Chiefs are looking. But you know, when I when I say the dynasty is done, I mean. I've said it a few times, uh, you know, on social media and people have been like, oh, they're going to make the playoffs. Well, that's not to me. That's not the dynasty making the playoffs like, oh, now the Patriots are just a make the playoffs team. No, it's it's AFC championship minimum, absolute minimum. And even I would say that that's not even their standard. Their standard is where they measure themselves is get to the Super Bowl. And I know that that's a super elitist uh, standard to measure yourself by. But that's what this Patriots dynasty has always been. Um, in these years with Brady and Belichick, so it's Super Bowl or bust. and I don't think they're gonna get anywhere near the Super Bowl. I think they're gonna this team the way that it's constructed, unless you know unless a miracle happens with Julian Edelman coming back and that defense fixes itself, I just do not see them winning a playoff game. I don't. I'm sorry.
0: Speaking of Super Bowl or bust, there was a slight pause in the creation of Canton Patrick Mahomes's bust last night. We halted production for a brief moment there. but then Mo, the light skin wonder. The, K- the and Cajun, even though I don't think he's from Louisiana, although he sounds just like Big O when he opens his mouth. Mo, w- are you booking your tickets? Are you headed to Atlanta? Like, have you checked flights yet? You know, Delta's a preferred airline going
2: into Hartsfield. What's going on here, kiddo? That's perfect because that's the uh, airline where I uh, usually accumulate my miles. There you so, go.
0: Start looking into uh, it.
2: I'm ready to go. I mean... This is, uh, I told you guys, I, I I told you guys two drives before we, the game was over, didn't I? Yeah. It Something was, like that. Mo was in there during the
0: first drive when they're down 10, uh, down 13, 10, excuse me, that uh, this was happening. Like, <laughs> like Canton Mahomes was going to march them back and win the game. And for those that don't know, Mo is never positive. Right, Mo? You're, you're... I'm the least positive person there is. <laughs> Man. good. I mean, this just has to be so fun. And not only do you have a great team right now, but you have Canton Patrick Mahomes for free for the rest of this season and then like two and a half more seasons.
2: Yeah, I already messaged a few people and I said, over under 2.5 Super Bowls for the Chiefs in the next 10 years. <laughs> Booking all the action on over.
0: I mean, even year five, when you have to take the team option on him, it's like, it's not that much. It's going to be, it's going to end up being like 20 million, the team option in year five. So you just get free Canton Patrick Mahomes. Like, but this
1: is also one of those teams that we kind of just alluded to. We need Andy Reid to not puke all over himself at the end of a game. Very true. Like he needs to not just like. There's going to be a close game. There's going to be some clock management involved, and then Andy Greed is just going to completely haywire, and everything's going to fall apart. So
0: Canton, Canton might be the the like uh, puke blocker though. Like that throw last night on can third we, and can twenty. we
1: not? What, what was the Showtime Mahomes nickname?
2: Yeah, I was um. I was saying all all night. Uh, if if I wasn't a Chiefs fan and I was watching this. It it would have gotten old real quick how everyone's just (laughs) drooling over Mahomes. Well, I said it in the chat. If this is
0: Mahomes' bad game, then watch out, right? Like, if this is
2: the game where he has
0: a low completion percentage and looks kind of rusty and is missing a couple throws and he ends up still throwing for 300 yards, zero interceptions, one touchdown, and rushing for a touchdown, look out, league. (laughs) Y'all are in trouble.
1: I know as, as, as much as they were not blowing the team away, you know, as, as they normally do, it's, this was—I mean—he was the one that, to me, kept them in the game. Yeah. I mean, his receivers were dropping balls all over the place. The offensive line was a disaster. The defense was the defense that we—you know—we all thought that the defense was bad, but they couldn't tackle anyone. And the Broncos were just running straight. But Mahomes was just—he kept them in the game time and time again, especially with his extending the plays and then that the crazy arm strength that he has. And some of those those throws, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, man. it looks—it looks. Aaron Rodgers looked pedestrian.
0: Really good week for the collective. Obviously, I said three one and one, but nobody on their own top five did worse than uh, three one and one. That was the record that me, Mo, and Donnie achieved. Brett, who will be very happy to hear this, went four and one in his top five, and will have the first pick this week. Brett's picks have been sniped the last couple of weeks, and thus he's been putting some uh, uh, some losers on the card.
2: Uh, yeah, well, that's no excuse for picking the Steelers, <laughs> Brett absolutely no excuse we will get to that game in a bit
0: the, the one concerning thing for me as the host and as the person who changed the way that we create our card the collective card went four oh and one this week and for, for those that don't understand that when we do all of our power rankings if we were to just do the power rankings not our individual picks those are the top five picks and currently the collective card is outpacing the card that we're entering in the contest by two points the card we're entering in the contest, as I said, eleven seven and two, good for thirteen, uh, good for twelve points, and uh, the collective card thirteen five and two, <laughs> good for fourteen points. So hopefully uh, <laughs> that'll change. Whoops! <laughs> the old seventy percent. But let's get into. There's only a million on the line. Just a mill ball, actually one point four. Let's uh not sell ourselves short consensus picks we're back on we're we're just storming ahead week two i feel like was an aberration for us across the board we went two and four in consensus picks last week we go five one and two bringing our season total to 14 six and three so if all four hosts agree on a side we are picking that game at 67 percent. when three or more hosts are on a side we were six three and two Last week, uh, giving us a 26-17-3 record for the season, picking at 60%. So, very good job by the collective. Let's get into the individual games, and I'll start on a loser for me, but a winner for both Brett and Mo, who both had this game in their top five. It was Bengals at Falcons. We were catching five points with the Cincinnati Bengals, who won outright this line, one of the things that I said on Friday's pod was, if this side is so right, why isn't the line three and a half or three? And by game time, it got down to those levels. Uh, as I said, Bengals win outright, but I still, I still don't know, guys. I think this is this stop. <laughs> Falcons outgain the Bengals by more close to a yard and a half per play, and I, I think in 2018 more and more defense just doesn't matter and if a team can outscore another team they're going to do so but the five was just too much Mo go ahead I, I'm, I'm grasping it's straws here just crush me and uh, tell us what you saw in this game
2: this was a horrifying line the Bengals <laughs> moved the ball absolutely at will you can never lay five points when you can't get a stop this, is, this, was, this was a horrifying line the market knew it was a horrifying line and unfortunately so did the rest of the contest
0: yeah, this was a public pick. I believe the second most. I'll look it up right now. DP, you were kind of in the middle in this game. Uh, the Bengals, a team that has been plotter, uh, just plotting along for the last two decades, doing nothing. All of a sudden, Bill Lazor comes middle of last year, and this team is pretty frisky moving the ball. They obviously won't have Tyler Eifert moving forward. Poor guy, his leg exploded. During the game, broken ankle, Uh, he'll miss another chunk of another season. But I still think this team's going to find a way to move the ball. Joe Mixon will be returning soon. DP, is this the best team in the AFC North?
1: Uh, as long as they don't puke all over themselves. I mean, it, the, the Bengals always seem to screw it up one way or another, right? It's it, As long as Marvin Lewis stays out of the way and laser can just do his thing with the offense, I think that they will be fine. Um, one thing that always is questionable to me, uh, and it, it came into play, you know, I... I in, in this last game against the Falcons that I was getting a little worried is the Bengals are just so undisciplined all the time, just doing stupid things upon stupid things, getting dumb penalties over and over again. So if they can just not even get rid of them, but just cut the stupidness in half and then just let uh laser do his thing on offense. They get mixing back. I know you mentioned Eifert, but you know, they, they hadn't really been using Eifert a ton. So, um, I mean, I think that they're going to be fine with their other tight ends, who seem to be, you know, more than serviceable out there. You know, plus AJ Green, um, and then uh, Boyd and Ross as well. I think that they're going to be good. I mean, obviously, I think that team's going to go up and down with depending on how Andy Dalton plays. So As long as he stays, uh, you know, a pretty good quarterback out there, I think they're going to be a very good team right now.
0: Nine hundred and fifty-two of your closest friends selected the Bengals, making it thirty percent of the contest. On this game, I did also want to mention real quick before we get into our games that the four-week contest to kick off the season is over. It's basically a 15K. Uh, is it a free roll or does it come out of the prize pool, DP? Uh,
1: well, they say that they add it, but they also take a vig, so, oh, so it probably comes a little bit out yeah. of that.
0: Uh, Shaboom had a 4-1 week. He is currently 17-3 on the season. Just your casual 85% win rate. In the Super Contest, so congratulations to Shaboom. He got it with the cover last night from the Denver Broncos. That cover was felt like it was never in doubt, except for when the Broncos got the ball at the end and the Case Keenum pick six potential loomed large. The average point total this week in the contest was 2.76, so our three one-in-one week got us 3.5 points cleared the average and again we continue to climb just got to keep putting together some good weeks here. Uh any last note here on Bengals Falcons Mo if you need to be able to get stops to cover 5 in the NFL in this new NFL should we ever be taking a team then that is laying like 5 points or close to a touchdown is it is is that a an automatic at least fade You cannot. You might like the side, but you cannot put minus five, minus six on your card,
2: unless you're the unless you're the Patriots. One of my reasonings uh, last year for fading the Patriots a couple times later in the year, I just I thought maybe they were that much better than some of these teams, but I didn't know if they could hold a big lead or or get that far ahead, just because of the way you know the mechanics of the game. Even if you're that much better if if the other team is getting an equal number of possessions to you and you can't stop them, then it's just like, even if your offense is materially better, they're still going to score. It's, so it's like, whatever. It's pretty
0: spot on, I think. And there were three big covers this week. Pats minus 6.5, Packers minus 9.5, and, and then Jags minus 7.5. But if you look at those games individually, the favorites matched up perfectly with... Their opponents, Jags-Jets. You have a Jets offense that wants to throw short and run the ball, which is something you literally cannot do against the Jags. And if you get into negative script, the Jets just aren't going to let Darnold like, really throw the pill. And if they do, the Jags are going to be ball hawking, which they were. And they dropped multiple interceptions. That, that box score was way closer than it seemed. Packers-Bills. Bills were 32nd in defense DVOA, or VOA I should say, past defense VOA as well. And Packers, uh, Rodgers kind of carved them up. There were some bad drops in that game. And then Jared, uh, Jared, uh, Josh Allen on the road. You know, it's just a, a bad matchup. And then, of course, Pat's Dolphins, just tailor-made Patriots destroy them. So I, th- I think those three games were outliers. And as we move forward, I, I think I am really going to fade. I mean, we always probably do normally. But fade teams laying a lot of points because defense just doesn't... <laughs> Doesn't seem like it's a thing anymore. Uh, let's go to another 1 o'clock cover that we had. It was a home dog winning outright, and it was the Tennessee Titans, who were plus 4, defeating the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles 26-23 to in overtime. Uh, the Eagles actually kicked a field goal during the overtime period after uh, a Titans possession, or was it the first possession Uh, and the Titans received the ball back and had an opportunity to go for the tie, but opted not to. Uh, They converted three fourth downs (laughs) in the overtime period and ended up scoring a game winning touchdown to Corey Davis. We were pretty safe for the cover regardless again, pending some sort of pick six from Marcus Mariota, but we get the cover. We get the outright win DP what did you take from this game? It looked like Mariota not only had the feeling back in his hand, thankfully, but he was making some throws that I've not seen him make in a very long time.
1: Uh, he was making some throws. He he looked all right. I think that one of the things that helps uh, the Titans and Mariota specifically is I think the like they let him run more, like they let him just tuck and run. And maybe that's a thing that Mike Vrabel is installing this year. And he's, You know, not saying like, hey, man, just just chill back there and be a pocket passer. He's letting Mariota be the Mariota that a lot of us knew of him coming out of college. I don't think he can totally be that guy, because if you're going to run nonstop in the NFL, you're going to get yourself killed. But um, he ran a little bit more um, and he's, a you know, when he tucks that ball and runs with it, he's great with it. Um, And I think that that really helped him here and also, you know, kept that defense at bay a bit where he was able to make uh, some passes. Um, But, you know, he did make a lot of passes. To me, this was I mean, this was such an on brand uh, pick for us. We have a home dog going against a team that's very public. We have a quote unquote bad quarterback. Um, I mean, at least he's got a bad hand. And then, you know, who the heck knows if he gets hurt, what's going to happen behind him? Um, so yeah, I mean, but this, I mean, you guys talked a lot a bit about it. I've now come around fully after, you know, I really, uh, I really tried to watch as much of this game as possible. Um, last week, uh, when they played the Jaguars, I, I watched it, uh, you know, sporadically. I was watching a lot of the other games, but, uh, this defense for the Titans is just very, very, very solid. So, um, and I don't think that they're getting a lot of love, whereas, you know, you see someone like the Chicago Bears, that defense is getting a ton of uh, notoriety and popularity, uh, largely because of the Khalil Mack stuff. They've been on some primetime games. The Tennessee team, very, very good defense. I think they're a bit underrated and going forward, they're certainly a team that, you know, I'm going to specifically look at uh, where we can find a lot of value on.
0: Yeah, definitely. Alshon Jeffrey returns. Carson Wentz looks better and still the Titans are able to keep them to 5.7 Yards per play. Mo, this Titans defense, the, the defensive adjustments on football outsiders for DVOA come out this week after they get four years of data and uh four years, four weeks of data. And I think, at least I hope, Mo, that the the ratings really catch up to the eye test. We've we've really come around, myself especially, thinking that this Titans defense really has a pulse, especially at home.
2: Yeah, they played really well and uh they looked good once again. And like Donnie said, nobody's really talking about them still. Uh, maybe maybe it would have been better for us if they actually just, just lost the game and, uh, and just got the cover because uh, I feel like when they win that game now, people might be a tad more aware of them and take more notice and uh, the market might adjust a little heavier. The home
0: dogs last week were two one and one against the spread in the Super Contest. They go to ten five and one for the season, good for a sixty five and a half percent win rate. Not bad. Let's go to the Wild four o'clock game. We'll we'll keep the the two uh, lame games for last. Niners at Chargers. We have plus 10 with the Niners, and the game starts, and we think that we're just turning it off. We got the cover, don't have to worry about it, and then shit got really weird. Amongst many things, C.J. Beathard goes down, and for some reason on the Friday podcast, Mo brings up the backup quarterback for <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, something called Mullins, and he enters the game after I uh, kind of lambaste Mo for even worrying about capping for a backup quarterback. Uh, he doesn't last. CJ Beathard comes back into the game, uh, even though he looked like he was absolutely destroyed <laughs> on the play that uh, had him leave the pitch. Uh, the Niners end up outgaining the Chargers uh by point seven yards per play, so they kind of get their shit together. We got a big George Kittle touchdown. Which really saved us, and then even still, after all of this, the uh, CJ Beathard gets hit, throws an interception, and the Chargers get the ball in the red zone at the end of the game. Uh, thankfully, they could get a first down without scoring a touchdown. They did so, and then kneeled it out. Mo, first touch upon something Mullins getting into the game, and then touch upon how, wh- why did we need to sweat this game? Like, why did they make us have to think about? Covering here. This should have been a snap cover. They just punished us.
2: Yeah, they, they're they always going to make you sweat, man. Like, not, you know, obviously you can find a few exceptions, but they're almost always going to make you sweat. Uh, man, yeah, something Mullins, I still don't know where it came from or what it is. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just, you know, this Chargers defense, they're still going to, they still have Melvin Ingram. They're still going to come after the quarterback. And uh man, having watched that game, uh good chunks of it, I see why I definitely should have been worried because Bethard he's he he de gaff out there. He's he doesn't care. He's out there, he's trying to make plays, he does not mind taking a few whacks and uh he paid for it. Uh he definitely paid for it. I didn't mention this on Friday, but I
0: wanted to, Mo. This felt like law of NBA injury, right? Guy gets hurt, team rallies, especially somebody as important as Jimmy GQ. And I, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to like Niner's money line here. I'm glad I didn't because it would have been a punishing loss for anybody that had that ticket in their hand. But this just felt like let's rally around the guy. And be, beyond all of that, we talked about it on Friday as well. Coaching, man. Shanahan versus Anthony Lynn. It's a real, real thing. Uh, DP, the one thing that the Niners did consistently bad, though, which was infuriating the chat, is can these guys tackle anyone, DP?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. It's so <laughs> bad. you just They hit them with three guys, and then those three guys just, like, fall off. And then whoever has the ball on the other team just runs for an extra, I don't know, 10 to 15 yards. It's unbelievable to watch this team tackle. Like, if I was Shanahan, I would just make them tackle for an entire week. That's all I would make them do. It's just – it is it is absolutely infuriating to to watch this. Team. I mean, when they're in pursuit, they're just they, – they take the most horrifying angles you can imagine. Then they actually get their hands on a guy, and they just – it's like it's like a high school team playing a pro team. They just don't know how to tackle or bring these guys down. It's just and, – and a lot of these tackles that they're, they're missing or they're not completing aren't – you know, it's not where – There's a bunch of blockers in in the area. It's usually like three 49ers on a running back. And then the guy just kind of breaks free or carries them for an extra bunch of yards. I don't, I don't know what it is because as far as I'm concerned, I mean, or as far as I know, everyone here is a professional athlete. So you guys should be able to tackle. (laughs)
0: I've been told (laughs) as such, uh, 4.7 yards per carry for the chargers as a team, seven yards per carry for Melvin Gordon. And a lot of these missed tackles were really frustrating because they were on special teams. But that kind of makes sense if you think about the construction of a roster. If you're the Niners and you don't have much depth, not only is your first team defense and your replacements on defense not only are they going to be bad, but that's really going to leak into your special teams when those are the the guys at the bottom of your depth chart. Like if you're not, if you don't have a strong foundation of a roster, it's really, really going to show on special teams. All right, this is the annoying game. I'm still not over it. Seahawks 20, Cardinals 17. The Cardinals were getting three points at home. (sighs) Still not over it, guys. Uh, In terms of yards per play, the Seahawks did outgain the Cardinals, 5.3 to 4.7. But the Seahawks became the first team since 2009 to win a professional football game without converting a single third down. And the moment in the game in which I knew we were not going to get the cover and we could almost blow this game entirely, Earl Thomas leaves and is carted off. And the Cardinals start to mount a comeback. And... In the waning moments, instead of trying to get another first down, salt the clock entirely down, and then kick a field goal as time expires, or even score a touchdown, hey, how about that as a novel concept, the Arizona Cardinals, led by genius Ken Wisenhunt, I believe, uh, just sit on the ball. They run three consecutive run plays, and they trot out 78-year-old Phil Dawson, who misses... A field goal, the Seahawks take like three plays to get down to the other end and kick the game-winning field goal with Sebastian Something something Steve Wilkes is the coach. He's the head coach, but I believe Wizenon is the offensive coordinator. And it's just like, you couldn't be in a more perfect situation. You got Josh Rosen out here throwing strikes, showing so much heart, making very accurate passes, and the heart and soul of the opposing defense has been carted off the field and has flipped the bird to the to this entire management staff. Like morale could not be lower on the Seahawks defense. They're getting shredded on the road and instead of stomping down, jumping on their neck, breaking them in half, doing what what Sean McVay or Bill Belichick would do, no, we're just going to turtle, run three run plays and miss a field goal. Like it's embarrassing coaching. That that was even thought of as an idea, let alone executed on a professional football team. uh football field. I am beyond pissed at this game Mo. just take over i I need to step away for a second
2: yeah that was horrifying i don't know how you can look your players in the eye after that rosen played so well that's probably the biggest takeaway for me coming out of this game and going forward is the cardinals offense might actually have half of a pulse now because rosen's quite good and um man his mechanics are awesome and he Really, just like has so much poise in the pocket, and I thought he looked pretty good against the Bears, honestly. And people were ripping him a little bit after that one, which I thought was hilarious. He just got thrown into like, the worst situation possible, uh, just bottom game script where you're literally passing every down against Khalil Mack.
1: Yeah. Like, hey, hey, rookie, hell? go go win the game. Yeah.
2: With a horrible O line, and and he still has a horrible O line, and. You know, I think David Johnson owners in fantasy, thank your lucky stars because he's, while he might not be returning first round value, he's still very good and probably will produce top three round value. So it's not the biggest sink possible because just having Rosen out there, it's just elevating this offense so much. And I think I can feel much better going forward uh, when we have this team than I did going into that. Bears game where which was a spot where I knew we had to take the Cardinals but as I told my friends who were asking me about it and they tailed me but I told them do not watch this game I said don't watch just wait till the (laughs) end and just know you're going to probably cover and this
0: defense they're guys we know guys with talent honestly beyond Khalil Mack and Jadavian Clowney I don't know if there's a guy that's jumped off the screen to me this season as much as Trey Boston. That guy is literally everywhere. Like, he can play box safety. He can play coverage safety. He can rush the quarterback. Like, that dude just flies around the field. He is so talented. And then up front, like, we got some Chandler Joneses. We got some Buda Bakers. We got Pat P in the back. Like, this is a professional defense. Their record does not... Indicate how good this team is. They should be like one and three stone minimum, two and two probably. Uh, and I think we're going to be able to continue to get some value on the Cardinals, especially this week uh, th- for some god awful reason. Dude. The, yeah. The, the Niners are four and a half point favorites against the Cardinals. So I think that's going to be a juicy spot uh, that we look at perhaps come Friday uh DP anything from you uh on this contest uh, you've been so, down on the Seahawks a lot so this plays I, into that
1: I, I have been down on the Seahawks a lot I mean I'm not super high on the Cardinals but I just thought that this was a, a great spot uh just quickly um Ken Rosenhunt is the offensive coordinator for the Chargers where's um,
0: I know Rosenhun somewhere
1: yeah for the Chargers which explains that oh, he's, outfit over there he's back, um, in,
0: he's back in, <laughs> in the Chargers
1: yeah and then uh with the Cardinals it's
0: Mike McCoy Oh okay. You, yeah, you can see how I can make that, that.
1: And this is the this is the second week now that he's you guys talked a little bit about the the Bears Cardinals game, but remember he had that uh, I think it was like a third and two or three or something like that, with like two minutes left and they had that rookie running back in there, something Edmonds. Yeah, Chase Edmonds. They they, yeah, they didn't have David Johnson in there, so it's like, what are you guys trying to do? And apparently okay.
0: apparently the reason why they didn't have him on there is he missed a blocking assignment. So, they wanted yeah. to reprimand him. So, cool. find the guy $50,000. Yeah. Don't take him off the field. Don't talk to him on Tuesday. Like, not only don't take him off the field, don't take him off the field and run a stretch play against the defensive line that can just out destroy, just absolutely manhandle your offensive line. Like, come on.
2: Come on. And, and having it be Mike McCoy makes so much sense yeah he was one of the, the worst coaches he was one of our favorite fades yeah uh for sure yeah he was bolts i was close
0: Wizenhunt hunt mccoy two tall white guys on bolts uh mccoy i mean talk about just lucking into a career right place right time he's the broncos oc when ho-hum just the second goat peyton manning walks into town and starts throwing for five thousand yards <laughs>
1: A.K.A. He was a warm body, <laughs> yeah, exactly. standing there with a headset, yeah. while Peyton ran the entire <laughs> well, way show. Way to go, Mike McCoy!
0: Congratulations!
1: And, he, and here, I mean, Steve Wilkes is—he's a defensive guy. He's been like a defensive backs coach and all this stuff throughout his career. So he's probably not someone who's going to be calling the plays. But this is where a head coach needs to step in and be like, "Listen, dude, we're going for this to get a touchdown. But we're not just going to sit there and like try and kick a field goal." So but that's the thing. I he's know, been, like, this he's, is probably Mike McCoy making these calls, but Steve Wilk needs to, you know. To step in with that executive order and be like, no, bro, we're not going to just sit here and then kick the 35-yard field goal. We're going to go for a touchdown.
2: The uh, It was like a 50-yard field goal, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. He's a defensive coach, though. Remember, he's going to trust his defense. So he's going to be like, yeah, we can just kick the field goal and be fine. Yeah, but
1: well, that's going to get him fired.
0: <laughs> I Actually, I think I have this uh, McCoy thing all wrong. I think he bounced right before Peyton, maybe. Nope. Yeah, mm, one season with Peyton. First season with Peyton, and then he 2012, got 2012, right? Yeah, and then he got the head coaching job at at, at Chargers. So, oh, was
1: that the season that Peyton went nuts? And did like 85 touchdowns. Yeah.
0: Congrats, Mike McCoy. Way to go, buddy! All right, so that was such that was a, a brutal push, and it left a very bad taste in our mouth for the Sunday night tilt between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We were laying three with the Steelers at home. The Ravens jump out to a 14-0 lead and nearly extended further, but then fumble at the goal line by Alex Collins. Ravens just destroy the Steelers. They outgain them by 1.3 yards per play. Uh, Roethlisberger looks about as bad as possible, averaging 5.5 yards per attempt, where Joe Flacco averaged more than 8 yards per attempt. Smokey, John Brown, three catches, 116 and a touchdown. I've always loved that guy. It's fun to see him in a good system and actually putting some numbers up. But, man, this Steelers. Uh, Mo, you 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 brought it up first earlier in the pod. This Steelers, man. You were a lone wolf on the Ravens. Go ahead.
2: Well, guys, I tried to warn you about this one. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody Steelers, was confident in a but Brett, though,
0: to be fair. This,
2: yeah, the this Steelers secondary is among the worst. They're, they made Joe Flacco look like an absolute champion out there. I told you we can't lay points with this team. I told you guys this. The Steelers are awful, and Tomlin is finally being exposed as the bad coach he's always been. This dude is clueless when it comes to game planning, X's and O's, all that type of stuff. Yes, his players love him. Yes, he is a great motivator. Um, No doubt about that. But that can only take you so far. Especially, I think maybe it might be not having as much of an effect this year because they definitely seem to have some issues in the locker room this year. This team's trash. Steelers are trash. Ravens are a better football team as I said from square one. And, Brett, this was a horrifying pick, and I'm (laughs) pissed at myself that I didn't veto in the Bears. I knew the Bears were going to roll. Holy shit, did they ever roll. Yeah, that was not even close in the the midway.
0: Keg against a good defense, and then Jameis against a good defense. It's a two-for-one in Chicago, and we did not take advantage of it. DP Good
2: defense with no running game to take the pass <laughs> rush pressure off them. Running game that so was always going to be a disaster.
0: Running game so bad that they activated Ronald Jones and actually gave him the rock to try to start to get something going. Of course, he didn't do anything with it either. Just as bad as Peyton Barber. DP, you brought this up in the chat with regards to the Steelers. How many times do we have to see this where they play against the team, they make no tactical changes during the game, and they just let the other team pummel them with crossers and slants. Like how many times do we have to see that Patriots Steelers game to know that the Steelers coaching just they just have zero clue what's going on.
1: They they really do have zero clue. I mean they're it it just like most said it goes back to Tomlin. I mean he he is inept in terms of making in-game adjustments and I feel like he just is like I'm just going to hype these guys up even more and they're going to start performing better. And that's how we're going to adjust. I mean, I think that that's how he approaches things as opposed to going to the X's nose and, and being like, I mean, rich, you said it, I think 15 different times in the chat and also on Twitter slant, crosser, slant cross. I mean, like, Every time the Ravens actually ran the ball, I was getting mad because just, just keep throwing these stupid slants and crosses that the Steelers just aren't covering whatsoever. I mean, people were – they had 10 yards around them on every single play. You just catch a 7-yard slant, you would run for an extra 12 yards, and there you go. I mean, it was just – this is why every single year when we get the – you know, we get that that crazy uh, hyped-up uh, New England and Pittsburgh game in the AFC Championship or whatever it is, and then New England just destroys them, and they're like 11-1 and one against them because they just dink and dunk their way down the field and the Steelers make zero adjustments whatsoever. I mean it's it's stupid. It could like when the when this game if, if the Steelers end up turning things around and making to the playoffs and they got to like face the Chiefs, they're going to get run out of the building.
2: Like Tomlin is just he's black Mike McCarthy. I mean this is two dudes <laughs> who just won super bowls and are just riding the coattails of this accomplishment where they clicked the right buttons, they just clicked the right buttons one year. Is it two years for Tomlin? Tomlin won two, right? No, Tomlin
0: lost to McCarthy and won okay. with uh year one, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah I think it was I year did. one, yeah. Two dudes who's just random button clicking led them to Super Bowls and they're just they're just riding it for all it's worth now. All the paychecks from that, and they both suck.
1: The Steelers yeah. get by, it seems like, every single year in terms of being like a pretty good team, just based on pure talent alone. I mean, they have talent everywhere, it seems like, but they can never just get it together. And this year, I mean, does Big Ben even care? Is he even trying? Like, like legitimately, is he even trying? Well, or is he just out there just, like,
0: throwing up the ball? So a lot of the times, they got away with defensive talent as well. And that's the thing, is if, if you have... A bit of an arrogant scheme on defense you can do that when you have talent right when you're the jags or the former seahawks legion of boom and you're just like right we have the perfect uh guys to run our defense so we're gonna just gonna run cover three every single play maybe we'll have some wrinkles here and there but this is like our defense because we have the personnel to do it but when and also
1: with that just quickly is that they had dick lebeau who would like bring these insane blitzes all the time which is like that arrogance. You know, he's like, we're just going to blitz eight and then the hell with it.
0: Yeah, but when you have just a mediocre defense, like you got to do different things. You can't just say, right, we're going to play man every play and rush four because you're just going to get killed by slants and crossers. Like you have to switch to zone one or two plays or you have to blitz or even just show blitz. You have to do something. You cannot just click... uh, like xx on madden and just keep running the same play over and over again like it just can't it's not going to work it's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results like it's not going to happen so the steelers team is in trouble and i i bring back the the Bengals, ravens Bengals, neutral field mo nuara you are bookmaker to the world in this scenario you've got two afc north teams Two solid teams right now, one with a bit more pedigree, one with a history of being mediocre at best. Bengals, Ravens, neutral field. Mo, what's the line?
2: That's a tough one.
0: That's why I was filibustering there so you could think.
2: Yeah, uh, you know. (laughs) It's called professional radio. I might give the slightest of edges to the Bengals um, just purely because they have... To me, a better quarterback. I know some people might disagree, but I think Flacco is horrific. And Andy Dalton is fine. Like I don't think he's great, and he missed some throws he definitely should have made. That would have made that comeback a little easier uh, on Sunday. But I would rather roll with Andy Dalton when I need one more drive for points than Joe Flacco. But other than that, I mean, across the board, these teams match up pretty closely, I would say. Uh, as long as the Ravens' O-line stays healthy this year, so you've they're going to be fine. So you've got like Bengals pick
0: at like minus 115.
2: Yeah, minus 120 or whatever. Um,
0: What about you, DP? Bengals. Let's see
2: what Jimmy Smith uh, does too when he comes back. Bengals, Ravens. Raven.
0: Minus one. Wow, just
2: a strong minus
1: one. Yeah, I, I got Harbaugh is going to do worlds above Marvin Lewis over there, and I just I don't I, – I mean, maybe this is just me – thinking about historical reasons, but I feel like the Bengals are just gonna bangle themselves at some point, um, as good as they look. And then also they're, you know, the Ravens are gonna be getting Jimmy Smith back. And I know you can't play defense this year, but he is gonna help them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's like Bengals pick minus one fifteen or something. It's so close though. Uh are the Steelers the worst team in the division? Are the Browns, despite going to Oakland and losing that game because of some phantom we haven't played this drop in a very long time, but it's weird because the the uh, the Raiders were the popular side in this spot.
2: But Illum what, may be fired with the public.
0: Yeah, what was that first down? How can you possibly call that back? I don't. I I'm perplexed, at how that was called back. I don't know what video evidence. Video evidence was. I mean. Doesn't have to be one hundred percent certain in order to overturn a call. I don't get how that could occur, but the Browns they go on the road, they lose that game, but they are very frisky, very frisky. Are the Browns better than the Steelers? DP.
1: Um, yes, I would I would say so, but I, I, like they just need that. I don't know what it is. They need to like wash the Browns off of them. You know what I mean? Like they they just they seem to like screw it up, screw it up somehow in every single game. So they need to like get rid of that, and then they're gonna be pretty good. I'm not going to say really good, but they're going to be pretty good. Should they I think re-brand? they have the talent there. I think Baker has certainly electrified things, and he's getting things in order, and they look much better than they ever have been, but they still need to just get that stink off of them of just blowing things in a stupid fashion at the end of a game.
0: Should they rebrand? I mean, Paul Brown's been dead for almost 30 years now. Like, should they just be the Cleveland Cavaliers football team? <laughs> you, know? you know how, like, Real Madrid, they just have their name for everything in that sports complex, basketball, football, whatever? Should they just rebrand as the Cleveland Cavaliers football? Jerseys would be pretty sick. No, nothing? What about you, Mo? Browns? Go ahead,
1: DP. I was going to say maybe LeBron will come back and play for
0: them. That's kind of what I'm going for. Uh, Browns, Steelers, who's better, Mo?
2: Uh, I'm with Donnie. Uh, If you put the Browns in another uniform and gave the team a different name, if, if you just ported the Browns to Miami and put Dolphins uniforms on them and, and then match this team up on a neutral field with the Steelers, I, I think they probably should be favored. But uh, the fact that it's the Browns and Hugh Jackson is the coach and just like the boneheaded mistakes they're still making, I, I don't know if I could actually lay points with them. But I feel like uh, from a talent perspective, they do deserve to be a little bit higher than the Steelers.
0: That Baker guy's pretty good,
2: huh? a one
0: bad interception, but other than that.
2: Nothing
1: said Browns. like At the end of the game, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they left the screen on at the the book, and it was just Miles Garrett just sitting in the middle of the field on his helmet just thinking, like, what in the hell do I have
0: to do? (laughs) He's writing a new poem.
1: Yeah, like, what is what do... you, You can tell that he is, like... We gotta we gotta switch jerseys man we yeah. gotta get this we gotta change our name like we gotta go to a different city like this is just
0: horrible uh was he at second base was he in the infield when he was doing it <laughs> rounding second going to third God that baseball field Raiders cannot get out of Oakland fast enough and they're not any good either um the Raiders and that's week four another winning week for the collective. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and download the SharpSide app, where you can pick all of the games, compete in weekly leaderboards, track your friends, track yourself. If you want to see your own win-loss record for the rest of the season, a SharpSide app. You can find it in wherever you get your apps, whether it be the App Store or Google Play. Also, check out sharpside.com, it's where DP is residing for some great content including us, Gridiron Gamble. And we will be back later in this week to make our Week 5 Super Contest card, hopefully our third consecutive winning week. Good luck in your fantasy waiver wire this week. Best of luck if you wager on Thursday Night Football, and we'll chat to you on Friday. Peace.